back to another edition of Miserable and Reckless, bringing you unfiltered pains on sports, music, culture, and all things the South. I'm Logan sitting there with Morgan, Dustin, and Ryan. Be sure to give us five stars, no less, uh, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, and Stitcher. Check out the website, miserable-reckless.com, for blog content and merch. All right. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Ryan, start it off. Sure. Um, well, Let's start with my, I don't even know what this would be. I guess this is a good, bad, and the ugly. It's kind of a variation on it. Let's start with the bad. Um, This was something that stood out to me. So I'm not huge into the NFL. I know we're not huge in the NFL. Um, It was maybe, maybe not Tom Brady's last game. Uh, I didn't pay attention. (laughs) I didn't watch it. However, here's the stat that I did take away from that. Tom Brady played the Cowboys on Monday night of this week in the playoffs. Uh, they lost. They Tom Brady did not play well, from what I understand. Again, didn't watch the game. Um, the Cowboys won. Here's what here's what I understood, and here's what I took away as, as my bad for the week. The Cowboys kicker missed four point after attempts um, of the five that he attempted to make in the game. Uh, the over under for those that are betters and for those that have gambling problems, uh, hate to remind this or bring this back up for you, but the over under was 45.5. The final score was 31 to 14. If you're doing a quick math at home, that means that the final score was 45 points. You had an opportunity <laughs> if you took the over. At 45.5, you had an opportunity for a guy to kick not one, not two, not three, but four one-after attempts. All you had to do is have him make one of them, and he did not make them. Uh, he did make the fifth. So um, uh, that's – I believe Scott Van Pelt calls that a bad beat. That was an incredible bad beat as far as I'm concerned. 60% of the country had money on the over. So – as if the country doesn't already hate the Cowboys, and as if the country wasn't already annoyed by the fact that they had to watch Tom Brady play the Cowboys on Monday night with the Manning brothers. I mean, talk about a, you know, just an annoying NFL game. You can already tell why I didn't watch it. Um, well, guess what? The Cowboys won. The kicker lost. Everybody in America lost money. And now we all have to hear about if Tom Brady's going to retire or not. So that's pretty much my more or less that of the week. No wonder people don't watch anymore um the funny thing about him missing four straight was going back to the previous game he missed his last one in that game so he actually missed five straight extra points it was uh it, it did back him up i you know even though i don't watch the nfl i do know that now he's an nfl kicker so he should be able to make that automatically but still they did it's it's not at the two yard line like he doesn't tell so that that was uh that was my bad so I said I kind of have a good bat in the ugly. I have a, I'm going to say it's a good bat in the unique. We're going to my unique next because this is a fun, fun one. I'm watching a little bit of TV throughout the week. Jay Billis is on, and uh, he had a fun story, speaking of Tom Brady. Um, so Jay Billis uh, happened to find out, and I guess they checked. I don't know why they would. For those who don't know, Jay Billis college basketball, um, played a group. Uh, there's a tie-in immediately to this show, but um, he uh, his son 
and he lived uh, with his family in Charlotte. Um, he got hold of the fact that Brady was going to be in town. He played golf with his Brady's dad, Tom Brady Sr., I believe is his name. And um, Tom Brady, they played golf, probably at Pine Hollow or something like that. Um, we're going to get a flight out somehow for some reason. It doesn't matter for the story. It didn't work out. So as opposed to getting a hotel, gets everything nice, puts them up in his room. Uh, or sorry, in his house. Um, in the process of putting them up in the house, certain people, his kids, and I believe his wife were out of town, perhaps. So Brady couldn't get comfortable, wanted to give his dad like a nicer bed being older. Tom Brady ends up sleeping in Jay Billis's son's bed. This is a twin bed. <laughs> Tom Brady is not a small dude. And this is like when he, so Tom Brady, of all people, is sleeping in Anthony Billis's twin bed in Charlotte. So they didn't have to uh, go to a hotel. Jay Billis is telling this story with a smile on his face. It cracked me up. Um, so, you know, Jay Billis is beside himself, really hoping that, you know, Tom Brady doesn't wake up with like his neck, you know, crimped or, you know, something horrible because he slept in a 13 year old twin bed. The worst part about this, or the most unique part about this, is that the kid comes back, his dad tells him, you know, the story, hey, just want to let you know, imagine being 13 and you come back home from camp or wherever you are, and Tom Brady has actually slept, not just at your house, but in your bed, in your twin bed. Um, and there are, you know, no photos or anything to prove to your kids, the kids at school that dad had Tom Brady over at the house and whatever. So you're trying to tell all the kids at school, they, of course, think you're lying. So now you're viewed as a liar while you're in middle school. This is kind of a rough go of it. So Tom Brady, being the guy that he is, sent a signed Patriots helmet. He was on the Patriots at the time. And it's signed not to Jay Billis saying thank you, but it's signed to Anthony Billis. And it says, and it hangs in Jay Billis's office. It's to Anthony. You have the best twin bed in Charlotte. And that's how they're <laughs> <laughs> the only reason I knew that story is because when he was given a spot on the Carolina Duke uh, women's matchup that was going on and, and talking about some of the ACC stuff, they asked him what the Patriots helmet was in the background. It, it didn't make sense, and I kind of tuned in for that. So I thought that, that was a pretty funny story. So this ties in Brady. And then uh, to continue with the college basketball thing, Last time we spoke, we thought Baycott was going to be uh, injured. Baycott obviously playing for the Tar Heels in consideration for legitimate player of the year. Um, well, he came out and played very well. They lost to Virginia, but he came out and played very well against Virginia. And apparently has no issues whatsoever with his ankle. Uh, I think he had a double-double within um, eight minutes or something like that of him coming off the bench. So, uh uh, speaking of his double-double streak, he is at 60 career levels. So I think he has the opportunity to uh, break the record of Carolina in the game. Um, what is it, Saturday, Logan? Against yeah, you. Saturday at 5. So, there you go. Uh, and if you uh, if you don't know the story and history of Carolina and the people that have gotten the double doubles at Carolina. It's a it's a it's kind of a who's who of the basketball thing. <laughs> so, <laughs> so considering yeah I hear you Morgan. But uh considering, <laughs> considering he uh we thought he might you know have injured himself and obviously he came back. Um you hate to see players that come back get injured so I'm happy that he isn't so that's gonna be good. 
Look, man, I, I'm going to need your team to step it up. The one decent one I thought we were going to have this entire season so far is against you, and you guys are losing and making us look even worse now. What's that? Nothing. Never mind. Well, we already we already lost to you guys, didn't we? Yeah. No, I'm saying, like, I need, I need you to start playing better so that <laughs> win looks much better for us. It's right, now, it, right now, it doesn't matter. Like, oh, you beat Carolina, so did everybody else. It's a quad, <laughs> it's a quad one win for you guys. <laughs> I know that. We're at number 33 oh. in the net, whatever the hell that means. I'm so sick of people coming up with arbitrary rankings for everything all of a sudden. Like, we should just have one ranking every year. <laughs> that, that is, that's been the rankings for a while. But... It's still a computer algorithm ranking, so you know, yeah. Yeah, I and think NC we know State our... is second in the conference in the net right now. <laughs> Go pack! Why don't we just have the AP top twenty-five? I know that's about as useless as it is in football. <laughs> yeah, that's my next cancel corner rankings. <laughs> All of them. I like rankings when they're in my favor. I don't like rankings when they're not. But Duke, is, the net is in Duke's favor uh, right now because they're still third in the ACC and in net top 30 in the country. AP, not so much. What do the AP voters know? Who are these people anyway? Probably don't even watch sports. Bunch of clowns and bozos, if you ask me, because we were 26th this week. <laughs> Probably played badminton. I did see that. Probably played badminton croquet shit. <laughs> Think Carolina's good at football. I can uh I can tell you if Duke doesn't start rebounding and based on the old eye test that nobody likes anymore, uh we ain't thirty three. I'll just just let just let the country know that we are not thirty three. So I don't know what the algorithm says and must like our colors. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's I've read up on it in the past and I can't remember all of it. It's a lot of ins and outs and what have you, but it's uh it takes into consideration all kinds of things. Where you play, what quad you play, all kinds of stuff. All so, I'm saying is it's a, it's it's telling us we're punching above our weight, and that ain't <laughs> we'll see how we do on Saturday. I don't know, man. It all sounds complicated like bird laws to me. Well, speaking of bird law, Morgan, why don't you uh, give us your good, bad, and the ugly this week? All right. Well, I got a good, great, and ugly for you. So, started off with good. You know, for those who follow, still follow the NFL, um, commanders are, I think, closing in on a potential sale of now. It's no longer the entire team, but the majority of the team because Dan Snyder wants to stick around and give his two cents if they ever hoist a trophy. Say, look, guys, we finally did it. No one's really get the fuck off the stage. But they're nearing a sell. I guess they're saying that it could potentially be announced uh, by first or second week of February. So that's exciting. Uh, great. Um, Bridget is uh, finally starting to lean more towards being a daddy's girl and not clinging on to mommy anymore. Which there you go. Crystal's kind of like, what the hell, man? <laughs> last couple of weeks or last week or so, uh, when we're doing bedtime and it's time after stories are done, she comes to me and says, daddy, take me to the show. Ask me to take her to bed. And then drop her in the crib. <laughs> 
So it's it's pretty awesome. You know, I'm starting to hopefully get that bonding going on with that, which is awesome. And then my ugly is Virginia Tech has now dropped six in a row in basketball. I wasn't expecting them to beat Virginia uh, UVA, but I mean, they put up a good fight. And if you look at the points, the, the last six games, they haven't been blown out really by anybody. They're just not shooting that great. You know, they're fucking still wanting to live and die by the damn three. And they need to stop doing that and just start, you know, doing more layups instead of fucking trying to hit three pointers to, to put the game away, which is not helping them. But no, six in a row now. And the season's not over, but they might want to start, you know, winning. So, um, other than that, that would be great. a good strategy. Yeah. <laughs> he should walk in the locker room and just write that out. Just start winning. <laughs> step you, one, be better. <laughs> exactly. Step step two, score more points than the other team before the buzzer sounds at the end of the second period. I'm if you do this, if you do if you do that, you will win the game. Score I'm more points. Break this down for you. Let's get it down to the basics. You got to score more than the other team. <laughs> <laughs> one, of the, like, one, of the, one of the Booger McFarlane things at the end of the game if you have more points than the other team you will win <laughs> that's what they tell me <laughs> my, my favorite like insider like college basketball advice for those listening and then you guys if you ever hear this hopefully they'll think of this I chuckle like too much every time I hear a quote college basketball insider tell me that you know, teams just have to make shots. I'm like, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Like, thank you, Captain Obvious. <laughs> or they, that Jay Billis graphic from years ago. If Harrison Barnes made one more shot per game, then they show what the numbers would be for UNC and for him. I'm like, yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, they also love to, to cherry pick. It'd be like, in games they won, they shot 75%. And in games they lost, they shot 27%. And so if they were to shoot better, they would, you know, they would be better off. And it's like, yeah, generally speaking that's how that works. The percentages are lower in the games you lose. Speaking that's why you lost. Speaking of shooting, they're talking about uh, John Wall and how he almost went to Carolina on the DP oh, yeah, show. Yeah. And uh, he said, but uh, he chose not to go there because I guess uh, – Hansborough wasn't exactly the nicest or didn't didn't want to show him around campus or something. And so he just decided to go to Kentucky. And they talked about how Hansborough was like still the all time, you know, scorer in the uh in the uh in the uh, what ACC or whatever. And Seton was like, Well, yeah, I mean you went to school for four years. You weren't good enough to go into the NBA C State for four years. Of course you're gonna have the most points. <laughs> Apparently, Hansborough told John Wall when he they were playing like pong or, or ping pong or something. He went up to him and uh, he, and was trying to talk to him. And Hansborough said, "I don't fucking talk to recruits." And John Wall apparently that was the moment he decided he was yeah. not going to UNC. Exactly. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, news Could flash!" You imagine Tyler Hansborough's a dick. I said that back in two thousand six. That dude's always been a dick. Even Carolina fans know that he's a dick. <laughs> this just in, he lost another fucking contact. <laughs> oh, foul. They just had a foul called against anyone who walks near him. 
foul. That's where all his points came from. He got phantom fouls every time he stepped on the floor. They would call a foul, and the clock wouldn't even be ticking. And then be like, "Oh, we're supposed to wait. We're supposed to wait for the clock to start." Like he was, he was. Don't, don't even. Say is when I was in Wrightsville Beach, and he was down there with Marcus Senior and Wes Miller. They were down at Gary Allen's, and then they were down over at Twenty Two North. I remember that. They could have been nicer. They paid their bill. Morgan was living down at the beach at the time. They stopped off on the on the way out of town because we didn't want them to get a DUI because some of us like to think ahead and and you know we're part of the university. We really like to protect the players. You know they're not just there for our entertainment. They're a family. So we keep them from getting DUIs and doing all sorts of stuff. They're wonderful people. I'm just saying I'm not here. There's for nothing them. wonderful about them. Don't even, especially Hansboro. Hansboro is. The worst. Oh, yeah. They stopped off, right? And I fed them raw chicken. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get sick on the way home now. Uh, well, y'all y'all teed me up. I'm going to go straight to ugly. All right. Tyler Hansborough is daggum ugly. <laughs> All the way around. Everything about him is awful. I was reminded of it this week. But John Wall's story. What? All right. First of all, what does John Wall have to lose? Like, why would he make this story up? It, there's no reason for John Wall to make this story up. It's, it would be ridiculous. He has nothing to gain from it. So he shares the story on a podcast, which shows the true nature of Tyler Hansborough, which we all knew. He's an asshole, and everyone. It, there's a reason that none of us liked him. And I was just like, yep, makes sense. Of course he denies it, he, he, but he probably does. But apparently he doesn't even remember seeing John Wall on campus, which, you know, that's a lie. So he's a liar and he's an asshole. <laughs> and well, I just want, I just want to go ahead and add on here. We, Gerald Henderson is an American hero. <laughs> and God bless him. He did what we've all wanted to do. And I and the man deserves his his due here in 2023 for bloodying up Tyler Hansborough's nose and putting him in his place. If you're going to get called for a foul, you might as well make it worth it. And <laughs> daggone it, Gerald Henderson didn't do that. Go on. Like so is that your? Is that like a good? Is that like a bad and an ugly? Like did you? Like, it depends on the. It depends on the perspective. It could be any of it. It, it could be a good. That's ugly. actually. That's a good, but bad, and ugly because you got a good yeah. in there for him pun- punching a guy, you know. You got an ugly in there for just his, his face, and then um, <laughs> and the bad is his attitude. So, like, damn, you good, got, bad, and ugly. You got good, bad, Perfecto. and ugly. Just one person. I will, I will say that he didn't deny it. He simply said, and I don't think he said he didn't remember John Wall being there. Although, to be honest, first of all. John Wall. You would remember if John Wall was in, in yeah, there. Yeah, would. I'm if sorry. No. You would. That's, the, that's the Tyler trying to act like he was. That was Tyler trying to act like he was bigger and better There's than somebody no way else. they did. Yeah. Like, oh, who's, who's NBA career lasted longer? You know how many – look, recruits like John Wall are a dime a dozen in Chapel Hill. Oh, neat. You're gonna oh, God. Okay. Was there a rap song that said do the Marcus Ginyard? I don't think so. I said I don't <laughs> think there's a dime a dozen in chapter. This, pod, this podcast. And that brings me to my <laughs> second point, which is look, John Wall was here in DC. 
Trust me, I was not getting up out of my seat. I got up out of my seat to go see Jordan. I did not get up out of my seat to go see John Wall shoot somebody in the locker room, all right? That's the first thing. The second thing is, why did the man, why did the man bring it up on a podcast? Probably because I haven't thought of John Wall in six or seven years. He probably wanted a little relevance. So, as someone who's to someone exiled in China, in the in Tyler Hansborough, I'm not playing. I'm not defending Tyler Hansborough. I'm no. saying perhaps the reason hey, why maybe, I brought it up. Maybe time. <laughs> maybe maybe people weren't buying Tyler shots from Durham anymore. You know, maybe he needed a. To get some relevant some stuff going on, so if I paid John Wall to, to bring up his name, I don't know. Here's what's, here's what's fascinating to me about all of this, all of this conversation. <laughs> this is a Theo Pinson's podcast. <laughs> you know you're Carolina basketball. You know why that's funny. It came from Theo Pinson's podcast. Who the hell was listening? All right, first of all, congratulations, Theo Pinson, on having a more popular podcast than we do. I didn't even know you had a podcast. <laughs> But the thing is, I can attest firsthand watching that John Wall was the truth because we played against him in high school. I was on JV when he was on varsity, and he hung about 60 points by himself <laughs> on our little private school. So, look, I I will forever be, you know, a John Wall straight-up baller, and I don't think there's a dime a dozen of him in college basketball. <laughs> yeah. And – you guaranteed that the coaching staff teed up the team to be like, look, we want this kid to come play here. He's a, he's a game changer, literally. And Tyler Hansborough couldn't be bothered to like pretend to be nice to him for one day. No, because it would have taken a prick. It would have taken, it would have taken the atmosphere away from him and his name had John Wall come yeah. there. You know, we have Tyler Lawson. What did what? Do I have my, do I have my players right? Did we have Ty Lawson? No, maybe no, no. It was I can't remember it whether he was. I think he was there. I think John Wall was there in 2010. John Wall was because, like I said, I was in like JV age when he was on varsity. Because Dustin, he went to Word of God, so like we played against them. Yeah, yeah, we played against them. Ty 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 Lawson was at Carolina from 06 to 09. Yeah, I want to say that um, John Wall was at Kentucky in 2010. Hold on. 9 10 season. I think it was a year after when Carolina was an IT runner up. <laughs> national champion. It wasn't, it wasn't a good, uh, <laughs> just for good measure. John Wall was Indo Marshall at Kentucky from 09 to 010. There you go. We probably had Kendall Marshall. He's checking the roster right now. First yeah, he was. A, they were, I think they were the same class actually. That was the guy after. Lawson, I think. Went to Broughton High School. They had a Word of God Christian Academy. Yeah, that's what Logan's talking about, that they played yeah. against him. Look, <clears throat> number one pick overall, period. And again, Hansborough's such a prick, he couldn't be bothered to interact with him. So just all these years later, just continue to be proven right about how we felt about Tyler Hansborough and continue to do. He's he's one guy who I still don't oh like. I'm not mellowed on him at all. Eggless felt like we were just doing good, bad, and ugly. How the hell did this turn into? <laughs> I don't care one bit. I think it's hysterical that Dustin has all this hate in his heart for Luke May and uh, <laughs> Tyler. Uh, Luke, Luke May is, a, is like your, 
<laughs> Luke May is is I don't know what he he's nothing. Compared That's Tyler Hans, the D Berries hated Tyler Hansbrough with a passion. Tyler Hansbrough going to Carolina is the single reason my mother, a lifelong UNC fan growing up, became a Duke fan and now hates UNC. Wow. That's how awful he is. The one thing the one thing I'll say about Luke May when he was playing was like, Jesus, somebody take the kid to a barber and have him trim his fucking eyebrows. <laughs> Jesus, you look like there's, a damn there's damn look, caterpillars above his eyes. <laughs> the, 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 the cat looked like a Neanderthal, man. Like, hey, we make fire. <laughs> <laughs> I go you and I go you and see. Kids probably the kids probably got like a four point oh and doing great mm. with his financial career and everything. And here I am. I'm, I'm sure Carolina hung his. I'm sure Carolina hung his jersey or honored his jersey in the Raptors I'm, too. I'm sure. Just <laughs> doesn't take away from the fact <laughs> that it looks like a looks like a caveman. <laughs> well, and Morgan said that that basically can qualify as a good, bad, and ugly for me because um, <laughs> it's everything wrapped into one with a cherry of hate on top. So, you know. The only other thing I'll give I'll give you all the programming note if you want something happier. How Met Your Father starts Tuesday, January twenty fourth. What does? How I Met Your Father season, season two. two. Oh shit! So season one was much better than I anticipated. So I'm I thought it was going to not be good. I agree. Same. Speaking of I was, shows, actually, I will say this: Netflix just aired the uh, the first season and probably the only season of it, but that that '90s show. The, the mm-hmm. takeoff from that 70s show. Oh, yeah. Um, I'll give that a watch, too, because I, I have low expectations similar to how I did with How I Met Your Father, but I'll give it a watch. Yeah. I see. Yeah. I saw. I watched a few episodes of my lunch break. It, it's not horrible. Um, it's definitely going to take some time to, I guess, get used to it, but it's not bad. It's not like fishing for jokes or anything. It's probably better than the uh, very quickly canceled that eighty show featuring a young Glenn Howerton from Always Sunny. Yeah, that that was bad. But uh, I reckon that reckon that uh, brings it to me then, Dustin. If that was your yeah, I'm good. The, the right. thing was was the centerpiece of what I had to say. <laughs> <laughs> now, my quick question is: is before we brought up Tyler Hansborn UNC, was that still good? Was that already going to be your good, bad, and the ugly? Yes. Okay. Well, maybe not the I, whole thing. I had some okay. other things, but I didn't know if I'm like, happy like, to have spent my floor time on that. <laughs> I, was, I wasn't sure if like you had a whole <laughs> game plan going, and all of a sudden you're like, you know what? Damn right, the hell with that that idiot. I'm going all in on good, bad, and the ugly on this guy. Jared Henderson was right. <laughs> now, what I what I said earlier, and I think you had to step away. What I said earlier was Gerald Henderson was proven once again to be an American hero. So. <laughs> he, he told Tyler Hansborough, "Where the five fingers say to the face." Nelson <laughs> has lived in DC for too long. He, says, he basically says, and, and that concludes my Hatfield speech. And I am happy to see the rest of my time to the. Congressman from <laughs> Raleigh. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Sorry, I'm sorry. 
<laughs> All right, so uh, for me, let's start with a good tonight <clears throat> at midnight. Well, I guess it's technically Friday morning. Uh, Hardy is dropping his new album, uh, The Mockingbird and the Crow. First half, country. Second half, uh, I think 2000s rock um, with the kind of rock that he's going with on this. He's releasing promo singles ahead of him. Uh, most of them were pretty good. Uh, so I'm excited about that record. I think it's 16 songs in total. Uh, but looking forward to that. Uh, the second good is uh, some Zach Bryan news. If you want to catch the watch the actual video for what I'm about to talk about, go to miserable-reckless.com. It's the most recent uh, blog article up. But Zach Bryan has been on a tirade, even named his new um, live record he released called All My Homies Hate Ticketmaster because Ticketmaster, you know, are price gouging motherfuckers sometimes. And you can't I, like you can't go to a show if you're a regular person hardly anymore without spending like two hundred five hundred dollars for lawns tickets. They don't do anything about the bots, the scammers, the scalpers, and it's hard to get tickets. Like I, I the cheapest ticket available on the pre-sale for Eric Church and Cody Jinks today in Raleigh was two hundred and thirty dollars. Like what are we doing here, America? Well, you know what? This is where a uh, by God American hero Zach Bryan in the making is stepping in. He has announced that it's going to significantly cut his headlining shows down next year. But he's doing this because he says, "Who? what kind of hypocrite would he be if he's on stage singing about working class problems if he didn't do something to try to step up for the folks? So next year, his headlining show um, is going to be only with AXS, access, don't know how to say it, uh, su- uh, supported venues. And he en- he enlisted the help of none other than the Rat King himself, Theo Vaughn, to do a hilarious 90s-inspired infomercial to talk about the, the process for his new um, uh, ticket-buying um, situation where you have to pre-register with the link that was given for the show that you want. Then you're going to be selected. The cheapest ticket will be 40 The most expensive will be $130. The, the, the fees will be either 10 or $20, depending on which ticket you get. Um, no more. And he said then the only other prices that will be in there will be state and local taxes that he can't control. Um, he said that you will be limited to only four tickets per person. You cannot transfer them. So if you can't go, you release the ticket back, get your money back to AXS, access, whatever, and they will resell the ticket at face value. There is no reselling tickets to his shows. There are scalpers can are not supposed to be able to get their hands on them, and bots cannot buy up all the tickets. Nice. He says that he's, he's going to try to take a step to do something for the folks and make sure people can see his shows at a reasonable price. And for that, I tip my cap to Zach Bryan because that is uh, – I put my name in for the closest show is North Charleston um, in May. So I, I, put, I tried to see him in Raleigh, and it was a $400 ticket, and he was upset with the Live Nation Ticketmaster people of this whole tour. said he's not working with them anymore until they fix their process. So good on Zach Bryan for this. And I definitely tell you to go watch that video. You will go to the website, miserable-reckless. It's embedded in the article. Um, Theo Vaughn was hilarious. And he even has a cameo from uh, the guy that played Kevin from The Office um, in the video. <laughs> so check God that out. God America. <laughs> um, so, yeah, good on Zach Bryan. Um, the other thing is, you know, we kind of talked about it a little bit. Uh, NC State. In Carolina is this weekend, um, big time matchup. Uh, it's gonna like Carolina is probably gonna be favored by a little bit in this one because that UNC State's only won like twice there in the last twenty some years. So it's gonna be a, a tough. I think it's gonna be a fun game because both teams like to run. It's gonna be a lot of points. Um, but State's been on a roll lately, and 
I've been really happy with the basketball team this year. The latest bracketology, obviously way too early, has them as a non-seed. And who would they be playing if they won? And they go to the uh, second round, none other than Houston. So you know with it being 40 years since 1983's national title, the committee's going to try to make that matchup happen if they can. Um, But you know what? We did it in 83. 40 years later, let's take them down again. Um, But yeah, (laughs) happy with NC State basketball. The funny side note on that, they had us playing an eight-seed at Maryland. <laughs> so, after the bowl game and you know the ACC history that would also be kind of funny but you know happy with NC State basketball so pretty much uh, positivity all the way around after our uh, uh, caveat of hate uh, for Tyler Hansborough two, uh, two things on that kind of interesting stuff you are in the last 22 games <clears throat> or at least let me put it this way when Roy was the coach you guys were 2-20 and 20. Because Roy apparently grew up watching David Thompson wreck the house. Yeah. <laughs> uh, David Thompson played for NC State, for those that don't know, in the 70s. And uh, so he made it a big deal that he was never going to lose the state, um, which I always appreciated. And if he did, he, uh, you know, everyone knows about Duke Carolina, but he made it, he said, no, 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 we have it. We have another a game that we're supposed to care about too. And it's, it's over here. Now, we don't care about Clemson because, you know, they, <laughs> They always lose here, but we, we care about this red team, making sure that they don't win here. So that's the first thing. And then the second thing was you guys in the ACC, the Wolfpack have, I believe the stat was, what is it? The most point, the point differential between the first half and the second half. Basically the idea there was you guys are the best in the ACC at closing. So if uh, people are watching the game or if they're starting to think that maybe NC State doesn't have it or whatever, uh, NC State literally by the stats is far and away the best team in the ACC. I think it was like plus nine between the second half and the first half. And the next closest team may have been Georgia Tech and it was at plus five. So you guys have like doubled the rest of the ACC. So for whatever it's worth, I don't know why, but over the course of the season, you guys are a second half team, literally. Yeah, I mean, this team is it can put up points and put up points in a hurry. It's fun to watch, especially after the last couple of years. But, you know, if the difficulty of beating Duke and Carolina and not losing them in a season is incredibly hard to do. The last time that happened was 2003. They beat Duke with their one matchup and, and swept Carolina. It's been 20 years since they've been able to not have a loss to one of the blue schools. But you know, 83, they won the national title. 2003, they pulled that off. Something about years that end in three. Uh, it is 2023. We'll see on Saturday if they can they can keep that alive. I think 2013, they went to the Sweet 16. So, it's kind every, of something Every there. 20 years, you can curl about it. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Look, I, I'm going to go on and just say it. If state won't happen. Put that on record. Won't happen. I'm talking like crazy land here. If they were to like somehow win a national title this year, I could go the next 40 years with never being good again. <laughs> and it would be 40 years because it happened before I was born. It, yeah. <laughs> that was the bet, or, or not the bet. That was the deal that the state fans in the 80s made. <laughs> so. <laughs> Thing is that they were only nine years removed back then from a national title, so I don't know if it was a good deal or not. <laughs> 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 but that's the good, the bad, and the ugly <laughs> featuring Tyler Hansbro. <laughs> All right. Uh, keeping it briefly with the ACC right now, you know, we actually had some big news again uh, come out earlier 
Uh, Notre Dame head coach, longtime head coach at this point, Mike Bray, has announced that he's stepping down at the end of the season. Um, this is like, you know, we've talked about Mike Bray on here a lot uh, over the last few years. Like he, He's a very underrated coach, and he's had Notre Dame, you know, they're a little up and down, but he's, he's had them playing really good basketball at times. And uh, this is, I think, a blow to the conference. It seems like the old guard of coaches are kind of going away and uh, new coaches are coming in. What are y'all's thoughts on the Mike Bray announcement? First thought was that uh, landscape college sports just continues to change. And I think there's just, I think there's a, the old guard isn't either is not willing to adapt or isn't interested in adapting to it. So you had Roy Williams retire. You had coach K retire. You had Jay Wright retire. And Mike Bray, while not quite in that category of those coaches is still a very good old guard coach and he's stepping away from the game. You know, for what reasons, we don't know. We're, we're not in their personal lives to know what's driving this stuff. But it it sure seems like, you know, the same thing we talked about last year when we talked about Coach K and Jay Wright, that this young next generation of coaches is coming in and the old older guard is just not interested in being a part of where college athletics are going. Um, he's, uh, he's headed to New York City to work in the mafia. <laughs> waste management, Morgan. Waste management. Yes. Waste management. Always. Construction. Dude always looked like he belonged behind the desk in Godfather. <laughs> see, see, we Jenny and I have always said he seems like the uncle who like shows up in a firebird with the driving whistle. <laughs> and like, yes, yes, yeah, and he's like he, he never is buttoned up to the top. He's got like a few loose buttons. And he's just like, just a, a mess. But he's gets like, out, cool. Gets out of his yeah. mother out here. No, right, here's a six pack. Got it. Don't want to see you with it. <laughs> Basically, that's what he's always seemed like. <laughs> you know Uncle, Uncle Rico's here again. <laughs> so, so, you know what's kind of funny about that? Because I, I, could, I could totally see like the comparison to like the uncle or the T top or like being in waste management, as you say, Logan. But uh, I air, air quotes waste management. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I uh, so first of all, he's from, but he's born and raised in Bethesda. Yeah, in Bethesda, he went to Dematha and played basketball at Dematha, which is like a basketball factory. If you don't know, I mean, Kevin yeah. Durant was there. Um, he was under coach Morgan Wooten, who's like a very, very, very famous coach at Dematha. Yep. Uh, he was really good. Um. He went to GW. Uh, so, like, I guess what I'm saying is he's, like, these are, like, prestige-type things. So it's kind of funny to see him with, like, the slick back hair and, like, the, like yeah, forget about, you know, or whatever. He then, then when he was coaching, he was an assistant to Coach K at Duke. So, mm -hmm. like, uh, more ivory tower for you. And then, uh, so I don't know what happened, but for five years, it was like he slummed it. He went to Delaware. <laughs> yeah. he, he had to get a start somewhere he went to a party school yeah that's true i guess he was a head coach right and then yeah. uh for the last 23 years he's been at notre dame so i guess he was like he tried his one hand at you know like slumming it on the wrong side of the tracks over there in delaware and then he was just like nope nope i guess i gotta go back to the ivory tower so <laughs> he's uh he's definitely all jokes aside i mean Hell, man, I, I was looking at this tonight. 
Notre Dame joined the ACC for basketball in 2013. So he got like a 10 year record of how he's done. He's got a uh, winning percentage of 643, he's 481, 267. So in the ACC, which has Duke and Carolina and the up and comers of state and Virginia tech's been playing well. And Virginia has been won a national championship and has been also lost to a 16 seed. But <laughs> they, uh, uh, I mean, they've, they've played pretty well. Um, here's, here's the legacy. You guys can tell me if I'm wrong. Here's the legacy with Mike Bray though. Uh, 643 winning record. And he has, and I'm kind of like putting my hands up in the air. Uh, he has a couple, he has a couple elite eights and like nothing else. There's a lot of like round of 64, round of 64, round of 32, round of 64, NIT second round, COVID round of 32. I mean, uh, he's kind of a uh, poor man's Bob Huggins in that respect. Not as many wins, but also never won the big one. Yeah. I mean, I wonder how hard he wants to, I mean, he's 63. I wonder how hard he wants to keep pushing with NIL and all the other stuff that's Notre Dame isn't, isn't exactly going to um, relax their standards too much for their athletes. You do have to be able to like, so he's not going to get a guy like you would say would go to Kentucky. I mean, <laughs> there's a lot of money in Notre Dame, but like Notre Dame does it's a private school. They do tell you, like, you know, you got to, like, go to school, handle academic life here. Well, uh, he he did well at a school that doesn't care about their basketball program. Yeah. yeah. He, they they care about their football program, period. Everything yeah, but, else is secondary. And that's who they are as a school. That's who they are as a, as an alumni base. That's, that's how they operate. That's how they operate on their TV contract. Everything like his, the, the money that goes into the basketball program is nothing. Um, well, they have no history of success to point to and say like, oh, you know, we we were some blue blood. You know, like he he did well in a difficult situation, um, and the fact that he made some elite eights, hell yeah. I mean, most we're we're all or or at least you know. Some of us not picking on you at all, Morgan, but we're all a little bit jaded because we've spent so much of our lives winning conference titles, playing in final fours, you know, like we're like, oh, that's what you're supposed to do. Most, most people don't experience that on that for their team. Like that's uncommon. Yep. So, you know, you get your, your random ones, you know, VCU or George Mason makes it one time ever, but you know, it's just not a common thing. And so I think, hell yeah, he was a great coach in a, in a different situation, in a basketball school with the right support, who knows what he would have done. I will say, you know, I don't, y'all know more about college basketball than I do, but I will say he definitely made uh, Notre Dame relevant in college basketball. I mean, I don't know how relevant they were before he came there being that, you know, in the nineties, they were a very dominant football program. So I would, I would say he definitely made them relevant. At a, at a school that, that, to your point, both of your point, Dustin and Morgan, at a school that goes football, then there's an acre. <laughs> <laughs> then women's basketball, who's won 
I think national championships. They, if not, they've definitely been in it. They're up there with UConn and and the others that are well known for women's basketball. Um, uh, they're and their coach just retired in the last two years and is still getting into verbal spats with Gino from UConn. <laughs> <laughs> um, now she's on the ACC now, or doing women's basketball stuff. Uh, Muffet McGraw, but um, anyways. Women's basketball is right up there, and they're much more competitive. And 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 then you got men's ice hockey. I mean, I would say that that in all seriousness, basketball might be the fourth sport at that school. And so, for him to bring it to the level that they've been at, my only comment, and I'm not trying to say anything, but you play in the ACC, you have a 640 winning percentage in the ACC from whatever it is, October to March. What happens? I mean, we talk all the time in bowls, right, about how the ACC, we hope they go and they, they, they show well for the conference, right? I mean, I was kind of joking about the UVA thing, but ACC teams are generally expected to go into March and April and play well against the other schools because you've been bloodied in the mouth a little bit during the year. And, and you, you, I mean, the narrative is that the ACC is better than a lot of the other conferences, if not the best conference because of the length of play from, from top to bottom. Not unlike expecting an SEC team to go into a bowl game and wipe the floor with whatever opponent that they have because they've just played against eight better teams throughout the year. So I just that's my only takeaway. I'm not crapping on the guy on his way out the door, but I just he never really did anything in my in my experience in March or April. And I don't know if that leads to um his early exit not that it's early, but he's 63, but him just saying like, you know, like, I don't, I don't, I'm nine and eight this year. I don't have it anymore. And nothing's coming down the pike and it's only getting worse and more murky and more crappy. And I'm competing with the same people that Kentucky and Louisville are in the same area. So like, you know, I'm out. I don't know. You guys have, I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm saying, maybe I'm holding him more accountable than I should, but I six. 600 winning percentage in the ACC is awesome considering the yeah, talent. I get your point. I just think the school that he plays at matter or the coaches that matters just because I think of someone like Brad Brownell, right? Like not as good of a coach as Mike Bray, but Brad Brownell and Clemson are having a really good year right now, but he's always been a guy that did just enough to not get fired at a football school. And then once, once every 10 years, they, you know, the stars align and you know, they're first in the conference right now. Uh, I think that if you're comparing him overall, yeah, I mean, Mike Bray's not going to be in the same breath as like the Hall of Famers, like, you know, Coach K, Roy Williams, like Bob Knight, um, even Bayheim, who I think is a little overrated, but not a big Bayheim guy here. Eats his boogers on live TV. But, <laughs> um, True, sir. <laughs> but the thing is, like, it, I think everything is relative. You know what I mean? Depends on who you're stacking him up against compared to what are there, 360 some. Uh, college basketball teams, um, he, he's better than the majority of them. But when you talk about the top, the top, yeah, he's not there. I mean, most most aren't. That's why they're at the top. So I think he had a hell of a career. Is he going to the college basketball hall of fame? I'd have to see um, what his career stats would be. That'd be tough. I, I don't know about that. I don't think that he's necessarily that. <clears throat> so at four hundred and eighty-one wins and. An overall, what, 645 winning percentage, something like that. So we'll see how the season goes. I mean, is, it, is that typical? I, I'm not sure that it is. Um, 
I mean, it's that's good career, but what's the what's the baseline for Hall of Fame? Oh, he's definitely got a career in, in the media. Waiting yeah. for him. That, that would be legit. I think he'd yeah. actually be pretty funny. <laughs> I wonder if he'd be more blunt than he is, like in the media to that point, Morgan. Like, <laughs> just, he strikes me as a guy that, based on his interviews, that would be extremely direct. Now that he doesn't have to, yeah, coddle his players' feelings. <laughs> oh yeah, he, I could see him definitely rough, rough, roughing some feathers, man. Um, but like in a, in a good, in a, in a way that makes it entertaining for TV, to where he'll definitely have a gig no matter what. Well, there's a there's a spot on Miserable and Reckless for him during basketball season if he <laughs> wants it. Here's here's my only beef with him. I went to the ACC tournament in here in town in DC in 2016, and they beat Duke. So I got a problem <laughs> with him because of that. <laughs> <laughs> kind of a bad Notre Dame team too. Wasn't it? Well, that stuff happens. Accurate. I mean, heck, every you know, every once in a while, a blind squirrel finds a nut in the ACC tournament, right? Georgia Tech, Josh Pastner, <sighs> <laughs> Coach Face Shield, please. That was a heavy sign, Morgan. Yeah, well, <laughs> I'll take it. Fuck it. You know, I, I get I get nothing else with my team. No, Morgan, I said Georgia Tech. <laughs> No, I know you did. I know you did. Oh. Just, you talk about uh, you know the comment of you know every now and then a squirrel finds a nut in the ACC tournament. I'm like, yeah, yep, yep. look, that ain't true. We ain't found a damn nut in thirty nine <laughs> years. So, <laughs> dude, everybody finds these nuts. Everybody keeps talking about. In college basketball, this, this was our first time finding a nut. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> so, we didn't know a nut existed. <laughs> 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 All right. Well, congrats to Mike Bray on his career. Uh, you know, he's going to finish out the year. So uh, another another one of the old guard retiring, making making way for the new blood. All right. Dustin, I'll throw it over to you uh, for uh, a new topic, uh, shifting away from sports, believe it or not, America. <laughs> so we thought it'd be a little bit fun to do something uh, throwback topic, if you will. Um, take a look at how cool we were in high school and uh, what, what was our first car and kind of dig into what, what it was. And then some of the, the fun that flows from there. Um, Cause it, you know, they say what you drive says a lot about a person. So I'd like to know what you fellas were driving when you got the keys at 16, I assume at 16, uh, unless you failed your driver's test a few times, that'd be a fun story. If you'd like to share that. And uh, like no, were you fellas driving and drove, or just didn't drive with a license? You could do that, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it says farm use on the back. Um, <laughs> that's, that's ignore, ignore the gun. <laughs> <laughs> so, I just I, I think it'd be fun just to dive in. Um, first car, would you drive, Morgan? Uh, my first car was a 1995 dark blue Chevy Lumina. Ooh. For those of you that don't know what the hell a Lumina is, it is basically <laughs> like a it's a smaller 
Grand Marquis, maybe. Yeah, it's the same body, but just a little bit smaller. Still a fucking boat. Like it, you're doing quite a few turns when you're trying to turn around in that car. Like back up a little bit, pull forward. Back up a little bit more, pull forward. Like yeah, the three point turn on that motherfucker. Yeah, no, like like a twenty point turn in that damn car. But yeah, it was. I mean, it's spacious. Hell, it had. It was one of those cars with the the middle console and the front seat could go up, and you could fit a third person up front with you. Yeah, when we went on road trips with friends, man, my car is the one to take because it was comfortable and rode nice. Yeah, I could usually fit four in the back and two up front with me. So, and then trunk was pretty spacious. You could fit a couple people in that if you needed to. Wasn't the wasn't the Lumina a cop car? Uh, yeah, it was actually. You know, I don't re- recall that, but. Morgan, I chuckled when you said that because I rode in a Luma, a Lumina, Luma, a butt, a whole lot. Because my buddy from high school, my best friend, his mom like would sometimes take me to school, and that's what she drove. It was white though; it wasn't dark blue. I assume you. Yeah, in the nineties, they had the Crown Vic and the Lumina. Okay. Yeah, I just googled it because I, I wasn't quite sure, but oh yeah, I, I so I've driven. Uh, and it wasn't my first car, so I'm not skipping it. But I've driven at times when my car is being worked on uh, my granddad's Lincoln Town car. So I know exactly what you mean. It feels like you're driving a boat out there yeah. on the road. Oh, yeah. It's a grocery <laughs> getter. It's definitely a grocery getter. <laughs> had, had, had some fun in that car. Go on. Very, yeah. very, very spacious. So you're, getting the gro- you're getting the groceries is what you're saying. <laughs> Let's just say groceries are not the only thing that was being getting in that car. <laughs> so you're saying yeah. that that car was cool when you were in high school. Got it. Yes. <laughs> I thought it was cool. Wasn't, you know, obviously wasn't driving Corvettes and Mustangs like some of the other fucking snotty ass kids. <laughs> we'll get we'll get there. Easy now. All right, and I know the answer to it, but Logan, sixteen yeah, years so, old, you get the keys. What'd you get? So, <clears throat> believe it or not, uh, my parents still have it, and my dad always likes to joke that don't worry, um, in the will, it's going to be mine. And I really hope that's true because I, when I was sixteen, I hated it, but now I actually have grown to love this truck. It's a nineteen ninety Ford F one fifty, two tone, brown and tan. Uh, it's a Two door, but it has like the extended cab with a <clears throat> very tiny back seat with an eight foot uh, truck bed. So, needless to say, that was my first vehicle. So, I got real good at being able to, you know, navigate a navigate a big vehicle, being able to back mm-hmm. that in, things like that. So, by the time I moved on to my other vehicles down the line, parking was a breeze. But <laughs> I, that truck is probably the best riding vehicle to this day that I've ever been in. Um, yeah, leather interior. Um. And the funny thing is, after I stopped driving it, it didn't have air conditioning when I had it, right? And didn't have a CD player, so I had to have the little tape deck cassette that you put in the uh, thing with the wire coming out to plug into my (laughs) CD player. And then later, you know, I I ended up, by my senior year, had an iPod. So I was able to to play my music that way, but I had to have the little tape cassette thing. The um, It didn't have air conditioning, but, but funny enough, by the time that I stopped driving it, and my dad started driving it more, Suddenly, the seats were replaced with newer leather. The, there were railings put on the back of it. 
uh, along the uh, sides of the truck bed. It got painted again, and air condition was at it. So it's a, it's a it's a lot nicer now than when I drove it. But you know, I still still have an affinity for that truck. It was a fantastic motor vehicle, and uh, one of the smoothest riding things you'll ever be in. Lots of lots of fun there too. Angle. Well, um, when I turned 18, I was allowed to go get my, to start my driver's, uh, permit. And in the state of Maryland, you, uh, have to drive around and do all the different types of weather and, oh, you got to do four hours on ice and four hours on snow. And, um, if you have a rule following parent who has nothing else to do, um, except drive my little brother and little sister around everywhere, then she will actually follow the rules, which means in case you're keeping track, my birthday's in the spring. There was no ice. There was no snow. So when I started the permit process, well, I had to wait about a year uh, because, you know, God forbid mom lie on something and just sign her name to something. No, that would be horrible. Um <laughs> She lied about, you know, feeling good every Sunday when we went into church. But, then, you know, I haven't I haven't argued with my family all the way here, but she could lie about that. But she couldn't lie about me getting my permit. So, no, I had to be the weird kid in high school that was still riding the bus in senior year or trying to hitch a ride or whatever. Speaking of which, I guess now would be the right time to say that because she was driving around all the time and because I knew how to drive, there were some times when perhaps the uh, family car might have taken a little joy ride somewhere around the county. And uh, I knew she wasn't going to be home. And thankfully, the uh, cops in their marquees or their Luminas or whatever else they were driving at the time, Crown Vicks, did not find me and pull me over. So um, <laughs> I hope my parents don't listen to this podcast. But if they do, um, well, there you go. I took the family <laughs> car multiple times. <laughs> that said, the car that I was taking was a uh, maybe that had something to do with um, why I was driving at the age 18, because I was stealing the car. obviously i was super mature um and really thinking through the consequences of all my actions uh (laughs) the car that i was taking was a 1984 buick park avenue in the color champagne fire mist (laughs) aka gold (laughs) pimpin like a nothing like an 80s name for you champagne fire mist it had a five liter v8 engine so if you would like to know how fast i got that car up to at the age of 17 while joy riding around the county i can tell you that the place for bad wrecks but also uh street racing in my county was less than a quarter of a mile or three quarters of a mile away it's a road in town um over near where my parents used to live called Woodfield Road. And anybody that's Montgomery County or in that area will kind of know what I'm talking about. And it's just windy enough that you can get, uh, there's a straightaway on both ends of the road and then it winds in the middle, but nothing is super curvy. So that they, and it's a two lane, right? So it's a single lane going one way, single lane going the other. So the thing in high school to do was you would pull in side by side right? Like behind each other. And then you would accelerate. And when you accelerate, you got to You got to trust the guy in front of you. And if you're the front car, you better go. Right. Because you get, you have the straightaway to get to about 90. 
And then once you start hitting the curves, that's when if you can gun it, which let me tell you, a five liter V8, you can hit the governor in that thing. Um, when you're going around the curves, if you want to pass, you've got to go into oncoming traffic to make the pass. So now you've got this weaving and winding thing. Oh, that was so fun. Anyways, I'm still here. <laughs> what was it called again? Uh, 1984 Buick Park Avenue in Champagne Fire Mist. It is a that? gold car with a V8 engine, and my parents gave that to me at the age of 18. They gave me a V8 engine. That's smart. <laughs> well, it was the family car. I mean, that's what we had. So um, I can tell you that it 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 uh it was not an it was probably nice at the time, but I was getting this in 2002, so that was. <laughs> <laughs> Eight, it was 18 years old. It was uh, well, that's dumb. I was getting it when I was 18, and it was in 1984. That was the year I was born. So that's how old it was. Um, so I guess my parents figured, well, we spent a lot of money on him. We spent a lot of money on the car. So uh, hopefully they both come home today. But if we just get the car, you know, well, we have two others. So <laughs> did you did you have white wall tires? I did. These and pictures I'm looking at, they all have the white wall tires, which I am a big fan of white walls. With the um the the really teeny tiny spokes, there's like a hundred of them yeah. on each. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that that's a bitch to clean too. Oh yeah, oh yeah, you awesome. Spray it out with the hose, and then uh, uh, the other thing that I should point out because I did get this and I was going to college for a minute at the uh, and you know driving to the pool. I had a job as a lifeguard and stuff like that. And uh, the other thing I will point out is the uh, the ceiling was kind of a hazard. They had like the felt or whatever ceiling that was like glued to the top or whatever. Well, after 18 years, it was about hanging about as loose as I was with, you know, that my hand out the window or my foot out <laughs> to a 90 around the corner. So that thing's hanging down. It's kind of coming down into your eyesight a little bit. You try and put the, the, what do they call it? The mirrors, you know, that are in front of you. What are those? You put, you put them down and block the sun. You try and push those up to kind of keep it out of the way, but it's hanging down in the back. I'm probably going to get cancer later in life from the stuff that was falling out of that seat. <laughs> sure, the foam in 1984 was super, you know, EPA approved. So, uh, shit. Yeah. So, so y'all couldn't get your license in Maryland till 18? Oh, no. Oh, no. No, this is just Ryan. No, I just had a dysfunctional family. We're at, I, I didn't know if it was state law or something. That's why I was confused for a second there. You could get your license in Maryland at 15 years and six months. So if you're keeping track at home, because I was the firstborn and my parents are scared of everything, um, I got it two and a half years late. So, right. Yeah. Not a lot of fun. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, nothing like being dropped off at swim practice by your mom when you're 18. <laughs> I'll tell, well, tell you what. You guys having to you guys having to follow rules and shit when you got your license. I, I laugh at that, man. When we got you know we completed our five days of driver's ad, the day turned sixteen. You just go pick up your license, and they said, "Have fun." <laughs> I mean, there's, 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 there, there, literally, there is no like, well, eight hours at night and twenty hours in the snow and fifteen hours during a hurricane. Like, there's none of that shit. Like, here's your license. Don't kill anybody. Thank you. Thank you for your money. Morgan, did y'all have a driving test? Well, yeah, but it was basically oh, okay. it was bullshit. I mean, it's, it's, what is it? 
<laughs> yeah, three point turn. Yeah. Go back to the DMV. That was what ours I mean, was. <laughs> we had our, our our driver's ed course was held. We we had three of these cars that literally were from the early eighties, maybe late seventies, and you just sat in it and two to a car and you, you drove on the track around the football field for the entire course while the football coach sat up in the one of the towers with the tinted windows and just sat there with his radio up there and just talked to us. God only knows what the fuck he was doing. They're probably drinking. And, and that was it. Okay, car, car, so-and-so, back up. Now reverse. Now go forward. Okay, class is over. Sounds like NASCAR. <laughs> it sounds like high school NASCAR. You just drove around a track in circles, and there was a guy on a radio telling you to back up or spotting oh, you to go. And me and my friend Erica were in the same car. So her and I were both smoking cigarettes at the time of high school. So we were smoking <laughs> in the damn car. <laughs> 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 it was the 90s man <laughs> and like I said the day I turned 16 I, you know you go pick up your license at court or whatever and that, that was it oh wow you, I mean, got, was uh, it. you know what yeah, I've heard of this court thing Jenny, Jenny did the court thing too because she had her license in Virginia we I didn't guess, do that I guess you, yeah, you just went and picked it up from the court and that was it you just had to show your I guess your proof of age and the pat that you passed the the, the redneck um driving course and <laughs> how was that? I'm told it came with a little speech, at least for, for Jenny, but uh yeah, I thought it was so odd that you had to go to court to get your your license. We at fifteen you get your permit in North yeah. Carolina. And then you had to do uh basically you just had to not screw up for a year and then and to get your permit, you had to take a written test. Then you got your yeah. permit. Then you drove for a year with the licensed adult. I think they had to be 18 or older. And but, then but you had to take driver's ed at 14 and a half and actually do driving on the road. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, so we were actually started driving at 14 in North Carolina. And that then, and then <laughs> when you're 16, you take the driving test at the DMV. But it's for us. It literally was. You went down the road, down another Passed road. the school. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Took Stop a, a little three point light. turn, came back, um, and then you you got your license. So Thank I had you. to do that. In, in speaking of the snow, I had to do that in the snow, um, which was uh, unusual. We we're usually cold in January, but we usually don't have snow on the ground. So, but I passed. Anyway, the situation in Maryland, uh, first of all, they don't call it the DMV because they have to be special. They have to call it the MV. Yeah. Maryland, it's either the Motor Vehicle Association or the whatever. It's the DMV as far as I'm concerned, but whatever. Um, <laughs> so you had to go there. Uh, you probably had to take some tests. I remember taking tests. Um, I think you had to take two of them. You definitely had to get a provisional permit. There was definitely curfew hours you couldn't be driving past for sure i think it was 10 p.m so like even if you had a permit i think any chance of uh, getting the groceries was going to be severely limited unless you had an early dinner because um, <laughs> again you had to be back in time um you know not that the cops were going to pull you over but mom and dad you know god forbid and then um the uh other thing is when you took the driving test itself, you had to go to the MVA to do it. And they're the ones that give you the license too. And uh, so you didn't know court or anything like that. 
but you do have to do like all this stuff. First of all, we had to parallel park. We had to like, and, and you, and you couldn't like not hit the cones and stuff like that. I mean, like I can remember like my dad, uh, I guess, you know, like the, one of the three days he was home when I was a child, um, setting up cones out in the cul-de-sac and, uh, me really having to practice that. And we had an Astro van at the time, which I ended up inheriting when I was down at, at college, but they figured it would be harder for me to do it in the Astro van, but you, um, cause it's bigger, but you ended up, uh, you got to take the driver's course in the car that you were going to get like certified in, or like once you get a license, you can drive whatever you want. But so there was, there was an emphasis to do it in the car that, so you would know your own steering and your own wheel and stuff like that. Um, but you still had to go do all this with somebody else random in the car, just sitting next to you, which who knows if that's still a thing in 2023, I highly doubt they just let 15 year olds drive off with a creep in the car. But. <laughs> <laughs> they zoom on man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You just zoom on a, you know, uh, grand theft auto. <laughs> yeah. Simulator. <laughs> zoom in on the simulator. <laughs> the, the one thing in North Carolina that also though, you got your, um, limited provisional i think is what they called it when you turned 16 the first six months you could not drive after 9 p.m unless you had a a job and then after when you were 16 and a half you got your full provisional and you got your uh regular license where you could drive at any time i don't i don't think we had that i don't think we had those rules but maybe i am eight years older than you so it's possible it came into effect later i mean like one thing that i know was different was you got your license the day of like your actual physical license. Oh yeah. I printed them out there. Yeah. Like when I got my permit the year before, that's how it still was. But then by the time that I was a year later and I got my license, they had changed it and they had to mail it from Raleigh. So I had to walk around for the first like two weeks with a piece of paper. And that was my license until my license came in the mail. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think they actually locked somebody up, didn't they? Um, At our DMV for, for yeah. basically selling fakes. <laughs> so, that's that's kind of why they started pulling everything to a location because people were selling fake IDs from the, just printing them out at DMV or pulling like uh, bad ones out and like selling those. Like it was, anyway, that was a real thing that happened at our DMV and some other ones around, around the state. The DMV headquarters has now moved out of Raleigh into Rocky Mountain. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Hey, it is the city on the rise. <laughs> Why do you bring up people selling stuff? There was a guy, and I'm not going to tell you who it was. Uh, I don't think he ever got caught. That's for damn sure, because he would be in jail still, probably. But um, he either knew somebody who worked at the DMV, or he uh, somehow had access, we'll say, to the machine that could make the actual legit licenses. And at the age of 18, that was, especially if you worked with the guy, that was super helpful. If for example, you needed to find your way into other substances, maybe not just driving. Like alcohol. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, that was, uh, I remember I was dumbfounded by the fact that somebody that was a year older than me somehow had backdoor access or had managed to, Enable their way into a machine. I was like, your parents either must have helped or must have just never been around for you to 
<laughs> I, could, I, I could see that now him getting you ryan an 18 year old at the time baby face at 21 year old driver's license walking into the abc abc store good day good sir i'd like to purchase a fine bottle of gin please i would have been uh terrified to do that for fear of like going to jail or whatever oh yeah i can tell you that there was definitely the possibility of me having a fake ID for alcohol before I actually had a real license. <laughs> Driver's license. I mean, it, back then, they didn't like you up for that. I mean, they might like you up now. I don't know how that works. But back then, they definitely didn't do that. You would have gotten in a little trouble. You'd have been all right. It's it's not quite as much of trouble, but I knew a guy who, um, in college, uh, some of our our friends didn't go to nc state at the time they were still in community college and so they couldn't get in using student tickets and back then they didn't scan tick uh scan student ids like they do now so what he did was he took frankie's Funland cards and high resolution ink and the glossy paper and photoshopped people's like like face and information on nc state student ids front and back and then glued it onto the frankie's Funland card and then it worked like a charm for anybody who was not a student to get into basketball and oh football. Goodness. They glued it on. Mm-hmm. And it didn't look like it wasn't laminated or whatever. I mean, with that many people walking in, you just, you know, it looked, it looked think about when you go to enough a, for government. A game. Yeah. Think about when you go to a game, free, everything being scanned. You just hold yep. it up. You just like, hold no it up. They look at it and let you in. <laughs> that, uh, yeah. That doesn't always. I realized that when I was at Chapel Hill, I tried to walk into a place that I'd walked into before, and uh, it was like a little reader there, and it was locked. And I was like, "Oh, okay. I mean, this makes unfortunate sense. I get it <laughs> because of the nature of the country we live in, but uh, and the nature of what happens at school, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, no, I just I, I hadn't thought about it, and I wonder if Wilmington would be the same way. I wonder if there's places like. I wonder if we can go to like Einstein bagels or something at like the student center without like an ID at this point. I don't know. Yeah. They make you scan everything. Now I, I quit getting into NC state baseball games for free about four years after I graduated. Cause they changed the rules. The guy tried to scan my ID and told me it didn't work. And I was like, well, it's been a good run. <laughs> I, uh, for, for years after college, when I was still living in Wilmington, I used to ride the, uh, the wave transit bus for free whenever I want to, because I had my old student ID. I just hop on and <laughs> kind of flash it Tor- towards the end of my time in Wilmington when I would flash it. I don't know if he knew that I have no idea what the student IDs looked like at that time, but I'd flash <laughs> it and you see me and you see the face on the picture and it just kind of like, whatever, dude, like I, like, I don't make, <laughs> I'm still a bus driver. I was like, I don't make enough money to nope. really give you any shit. So just fucking ride for free. I don't care. <laughs> so I rode for free for years on on that going downtown to start drinking and then, yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's awesome. <laughs> like, fuck it. Oh. I didn't know that. I never. I don't. To my knowledge, I don't think I ever rode on that. But I can totally see you like trying to text somebody and then be like, "Oh, okay, cool. I'll meet you guys at the real cafe." I just yeah. gotta wait for the eight oh three bus to <laughs> exactly ride ride this to, to this line and catch this ride and I'll meet you there. 
Yeah, uh, you're basically uh, Steve Buscemi in the in the meme where it's like, "Hello, fellow kids." <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's exactly. Uh, oh, you uh, do you guys remember the first place you went or anything like that in the car? I nope. don't. I mean, yeah, I do. School, I do but. too. I remember going for a drive around the county, just blaring music and windows down and nothing but me. So I got my license in the morning, and for reference, the DMV was probably a mile from our school. So I was supposed to get my license and then, you know, turn right out of the DMV and go back to school. Instead, I turned left to the stoplight, took another left into town and went to the uh, to the Sonic to get me a... Uh, a uh, sweet tea. So that was the first place I went was I took a drive through the Sonic because I was like, I'm finally driving on my own. You know, I guess you could say I went, what would they call the word truancy for a, a couple hours, but I didn't go immediately back to school. I went to the Sonic. <laughs> I know I, that. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I don't remember. I couldn't tell you. Um, I, I do. Logan talking about Sonic though, like, you know, Y- y'all can add on where did you go often and for us it was different for logan's age group but for us you went to sonic to the mall back to the sonic to the mall back to the sonic to the mall and it was it was couldn't have been half a mile between it but that's where everybody went all the time and you would find if you went to hang out with people they were at the sonic to the mall parking lot back to the sonic and it was just a the sonic 500 as they call it so I'm sure I did that somewhere early on, but I do not remember the first place I went. I do remember the first time I drove when I was 15, I got the keys taken away for being an asshole. So <laughs> no. yeah, down, at, down at Ralph's Barbecue, uh, my wonderful mother and father and family took me there for my birthday and I drove over there and then I was an asshole and they were like, well, not driving home. <laughs> <laughs> and I kind of ruined a nice evening. Yeah, Dustin, it was a little different for me, and it wasn't because things had really changed that much um, in terms of where people went. The mall wasn't so much a thing anymore because the only people that go to the mall by the time I was in high school were all the old ladies who do their mall laps in the morning because there were really no stores in the mall <laughs> anymore. But – uh, the Sonic Logan, was still a Logan's thing. Logan's just trying to show how much younger he is than than we are. I mean, <laughs> Malls look, weren't just, a thing during my day. Like the, <laughs> the mall was vacant by the time we were there. But uh, Back the, in my day, <laughs> we we did do the Sonic some, the Sonic Five Hundred, as you said. But it was different for me because by the time I was in high school, we lived out in the country. Dustin lived in the city limits, like when we were when he was sixteen. So he had a lot of friends that were like public school. In around there, I didn't. So all my friends lived out, you know, in the country, Littleton. Like, so we would be, we had more like bonfires and fields than we did drive through town. I I never once went to a bonfire or a field. What? So. Yeah, I did. I did a good bit. Not one time. So you, we we hung out reading, in town. Are you being serious? Yes, one hundred percent. Damn. I so lived ever damn damn was either people's basements where their mothers bought us alcohol or to a bonfire <laughs> after we got the alcohol from the parents. 
<laughs> I mean, we we lived I'm, I'm, in town. Everybody I knew lived in town and hung out in town. Like we didn't go out into a field somewhere and like sit around. Well, no, we hung out in happen. town too. We, we like you said with your your um Sonic Five Hundred. Um, <laughs> we uh we went between uh, what was it a uh, Tractor Supply, Burger King, and Roses. Roses. All right. Yeah. We had a we had a functioning, high functioning roses when I was in high school. Morgan, we were they like one. were they all three like close by? Uh, I mean y'all been you two of y'all been in my hometown. Um I don't know how much y'all remember the distance between things, but it really probably took you about you know, the Burger King to tractor supply was, you know, like two stoplights away from each other. Yeah. And, uh, and then the, the whatchamacallit, the, the roses, that was probably a little bit further up the road, but you kind of just digital loop. And that's See, I, I ask because in Runit Rapids, Halifax County, North Carolina, there's a Burger King at the edge of the parking lot, a tractor supply across the parking lot, and you go two stoplights up, there's a roses on the left. <laughs> Small town America. <laughs> hey. Two Halifaxes, different states, kind of the same atmosphere. <laughs> well, when I was driving, Tractor Supply wasn't there, but yeah, yeah, it was still the Walmart back then. Yeah, we had a regular Walmart, not the Super Walmart. Yeah, but all right. What do you get a Super Walmart till till later too? When you were talking about Chirunzi, the story came to mind that on my 18th birthday, and my mom only told me this in the last year. I didn't remember this until she told me. She actually told it to me on my birthday last year. Um, she went to school, my school, on my 18th birthday. Again, that was in May. And uh, she was going to, like, bring a balloon or, I don't know, something to try and make it a big deal for my 18th birthday. As much as I give my parents crap, they actually were somewhat loving, although a little too rule-following for me. Anyways, she came to school, and uh, much to her surprise, because, you know, I was in school because that's where you send your kids during the day. Um, yeah, she found out I, I, I was not in school and she asked a couple of the teachers, uh, mind you, this is an earlier time when you could walk into the school and they would take you to the class and, oh, it looks like he's, uh, not in his third period. And, uh, my, uh, my teacher had basically let my mom know that I had not been, uh, in homeroom. I had not been in first period. I had not been in second period. So you can rest assured that, uh, I took a little heat when I got home and tried to lie my way out of the fact that I had been actually, um, over at a buddy's house, probably burning some CDs or who knows what, probably getting into some mischief. I believe that was the day we wrecked his, uh, car by backing into a gas pump. We were filling up with gas because we've been driving all over town. And you know those little yellow, uh, yep. they're always painted yellow or red or whatever. So he was trying to back his way into it, and he was rushing or 17 or who knows, right? And you're just not paying attention and backed right into that. And I was like, well, at least it was in his car. I'm going to get away with this today, Scott Free. Yep, he got <laughs> home. And uh, <laughs> so... How did, how did that how did that go did they start with the uh, so how was school today what did you learn oh knowing my mom she's the um everything i've learned about psychological warfare is from my mother um so she probably let gave me about 
40 feet of rope and then push me off a cliff and let me hang myself. <laughs> Fair enough. So right. It says like, so right. Since you're always so honest with us and such a great kid. I know you had a great day at school today. We want to take you out to dinner and just do all these great things for you. <laughs> and then, and then to take it a step further, I mean, that probably did happen. I think I remember going to a, to a steakhouse or something on my 18th birthday. They, my mom probably would have gone all the way through the dinner. We're talking about what a wonderful kid I was and everything. Literally <laughs> waited until I was done. And then been like, here's the balloon I brought the third period that you wanted. Pop. <laughs> <laughs> and pop it right in front of you. <laughs> that is, that is your, <laughs> and that is your dream going down the tube. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Living oh. in the Astro van down by the river. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. If you skip school any more times, you'll be living in this van. There was, <laughs> I, I, it definitely was not the first place I went, but there's definitely one story. It was very early on where I was very excited and had a date. And dating was very difficult uh, when you didn't have a car. <laughs> oh, of course. Especially because people are expecting you to be 18 and you want to go out on dates and take girls wherever. And, you know, my parents were super strict on the rules when I got back and everything else and shouldn't have been because I should have had my license for however long. So I'm driving off this provisional thing and trying to push it as much as I can. And so we went to a movie and I don't remember what it was. It was a friend of a, a friend and she was real nice and I guess super into me or who knows. I was a, It was a pool situation where the one of the lifeguard girls do this other girl and so the movie was all right but it wasn't super great but i remember having it was mortified because in my buick um because my dad likes to do his own car maintenance and he's super knowledgeable about cars but he kind of also tinkers um you can tinker in a bad way you can tinker in a good way he would tinker in a good way where he was completely confident to rebuild an entire engine on his on his own completely and i'm not exaggerating rebuild an entire engine but because of that we never really took the cars in so he always taught me like from an early age like oh you just gotta you know you know if the engine you know it, intake manifold is going out we'll just replace it on a saturday you know as opposed to taking it in or something like that so i had to pop the hood on this car while i'm on a date at the movie theater this is my car uh, again, as old as I am, it's an 18 year old vehicle at this point, I'm popping the hood on it and I have to check the levels on the radiator and everything else. Now, mind you, um, if you're trying to, uh, you know, smell nice or be on a date at the age of 18, maybe antifreeze <laughs> isn't necessarily what you want to have, like in the back seat or in the, in, in the trunk. And when you're popping the hood on a car, you obviously don't want to do it when it's when it's uh, when it's warm, right? So we we pull up to the movie theater, and she probably thinks like, "Well, this is kind of a beater car, but whatever." We come out of the movie theater. Now you can imagine her surprise when I go. Now before we leave, because the date's going pretty well so far. Before we leave, I just need to pop the hood and just 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 check a couple things here real quick. No worries. We're in a parking garage in Metro Montgomery County. Um, <laughs> the requisite whatever i'm sure it smelled like ass and everything else probably got some on my fingers and then uh you know then then we drive to uh (laughs) we drive to a park um i can tell you that for some reason she was still into me and we're having a good time at the park and i'm definitely pushing my curfew uh so to speak 
And she decides, hey, why don't we get out and we can kind of like lay on the hood and um, look up at the stars because it's summertime. And me not knowing any better and also not realizing that the reason why I had to check the levels in the car is because the car was overheating all the time. We mm. get out of the hood and she's in a skirt and she mm. brought up on the hood. <laughs> and yeah, she wanted to go home pretty shortly after that. I'm pretty sure she got pretty badly burned <laughs> just from sitting <laughs> on the hood. It was pretty warm. And of course, I'm not going to pop the hood. And of course, now she wants to go home. And so now I got a chance it all the way back to her house without checking the levels on the car. So I'm watching the heat gauge go up and I'm trying not to do too much. And at the same time, I got to get all the way across town to get her home because she's had a bad night. Uh, suffice it to say, we didn't go out on any more dates. <laughs> <laughs> that's for the teller to tell Dell ever wait for the car to cool down. Hell no, he didn't. We've <laughs> <laughs> been there for a second. I thought it'd be all right. I was willing to chance my luck, but uh, Mister Mister Romantic, uh, I don't know why my parents were so worried about me driving because and doing things I shouldn't have done because the car they gave me was cockwalking up. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So, what were? I got a couple questions for y'all. We can use the you know, finishing things up. What were the cool cars when you were in high school? Because I think the answer is, we might have some similar answers. Logan, yours might be a little bit different, but we'll see. Morgan, what was cool when you were in high school? Well, the cars that most of the kids had, you know, all the doctors and dentists kids had were, you know, the fancy brand new Mustangs and brand new Corvettes. um, Corvette, damn. Corvette, yes, (laughs) yes, Corvette. Um. I don't I, I always like the old trucks, but I mean, yeah, I went to school for a bunch of rednecks and uh, farmer, farmer kids, some of them, a couple of rich kids, but most of them, yeah. So I guess the cool cars would have been, you know, the Mustangs or the Corvettes. Sounds so right. I'm surprised by the Corvette comment, not the Camaro yeah. or something, but. Camaro anyway. too. Sorry, Camaro too. Well, I don't know why I left that one out. But you know, and they were the, the it, it was the late nineties fucking models too. I hated those damn bodies. Damn bumble bumblebee damn <laughs> fucking looking damn cars. Oh, all Logan fiber, with, like all the all made out of them fiberglass. Yeah. Yeah, they weren't the prettiest. <laughs> no, they weren't. People love them, no, man. Damn, damn, what was that other damn car? Um, go ahead, I'll, I'll think of it. Firebird. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> show up like Adam's ass, show up like Adam Sandler, Billy Madison, rocking Ario speed wagon shirt. <laughs> Basically, uh, Logan, what was cool? So there were really only two types of vehicles that people that were in the parking lot at school that people actually like really liked the girls that had like the quote unquote cool cars typically drove the post 2005 Mustang. So it was like mm-hmm. the ones after the, the, they changed the body style from the awful nineties, early two thousands body style to where it actually looked kind of tough. Um, post Oh five. So they had that one. I think there was, there was one Camaro 
in the uh, parking lot, but it was the new body style Camaro. Again, not the real like rounded body looking one from uh, late 90s, early 2000s. But then the guys, it was typically almost everybody drove a truck except for the ones that were the quote unquote cool cars were the ones that had lifts on it. And like, especially there was like a couple of dudes whose parents bought them like brand new trucks, essentially had a big lift on it, had, you know, the big wheels, the tie, the mud tires. And then um, there was one truck in particular that I always thought was cool. And this kind of fits in with the vehicle that I drove. So I drove the 1990 F-150, but mine didn't have anything special on it. Uh, a friend of mine actually just ran into him at the Co Wetzel concert for the first time in years uh, a few months ago. He had a, I think it was either a 90 or a 91 uh, two-tone F-150 that was red and silver. And he had that thing like jacked way up with mud tires. And, but it had the short bed. So it was like, his was the cool version of my truck. <laughs> and I always was very envious of, I was like, I used to like get so mad having to drive that truck back then. And I was like, if it looked like that, I'd be like, hell yeah. But instead <laughs> I had an eight foot truck bed and, you know, stock rims and, and tires and, and I, no I, I his, and his, <laughs> yeah, no AC. His had like electric windows. Mine was the crank, which now I actually appreciate the window with the crank because it's different, right? But then I'm just like, I thought it was all lame. But like he had the cool version of my truck, and it was it, mine was like tan and brown. His was red and silk. Tell me which one when you're 16 you think was cool. <laughs> That's true, Ryan. Just laughing at the kind you got a crank and that a Miranda. Uh, lyric. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where everything's automatic. Yeah. Um, all right. So I was thinking what well, you guys are answering. Um, the car I always wanted and the car that a lot of people at my at my high school had was a Jeep Cherokee. And I thought that was going to be awesome. Um, guess what? <laughs> my wife went out and allowed me to get a Jeep Cherokee a couple years ago. So I finally got the cool car. <laughs> <laughs> It only took 19 years after I graduated uh, high school. <laughs> yeah, you're going to be rolling up parking out front at your high school reunion. However, uh, yeah, that just passed. I didn't go. However, <laughs> probably on account of the fact that I was getting dropped off at the age of 18 at swim practice. It's going to be like, that's the guy that rode the bus. Glad to see you got your license. <laughs> Just stand at the doorway and hand out miserable and reckless koozies and then walk away. <laughs> I'm on the internet. <laughs> I wish you were on that date now. I, uh, uh, God bless Lauren Crow. I hope she got married. Uh, hope, uh, that was her name, Lauren Crow. I, and I hope her, her behind healed. Anyway. <laughs> she's, a nice, she's a nice girl. She's really good friends with her. <laughs> Great too. Oh well. But no, what I was gonna say is so uh because for whatever reason, um we had a lot of friends in Northern Virginia. My parents went to church in Northern Virginia. So I grew up with also with kids that were my age that if you know anything about Northern Virginia, especially Langley area of Northern Virginia, it ain't just the CIA, it's a lot of big homes too, roughly the size of the CIA building. And uh um so a lot of people I knew had like Talk about cool cars. A lot of people I knew had like BMWs. And I mean, they were 16 and they had like the BMW 3 Series, which is a big deal in the 90s and early 2000s. Um, I knew one guy that had a brand new Mercedes Benz. 
Um, yeah. And I'm not talking like the coops, but it's a Mercedes. You don't give that to a 16 year old. And then I knew one guy that had a Maserati, a couple other guys that had Subaru WRXs. These were like $40,000 cars that they would routinely race uh, but on 270 and around 495. They had the light before it was illegal. They had the lights kit, which I always thought was super cool. Never was a big braver guy. But um, to your point, Logan, I mean, if you have a champagne fire mist, uh, <laughs> Park Avenue that you got to check every time you get to the Starbucks <laughs> where the race starts. I mean, this is Fast and Furious time too, right? So like, right, right when Fast and Furious started. So, I mean, these guys had like the green undercarriage kits on their WRXs or they'd have like the, you know, the fat boy slim or whatever pumping out the windows when they pulled up and they had the whole light kit going on the inside of the car. I was like, all right, well, first of all, these guys are driving $40,000 cars that their parents gave them. And then they get to spend their allowance money on undercarriage kits. This is awesome. Like, <laughs> my parents suck. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe my next car, if I can't get a, if, if, if the Jeep holds out for a long time, maybe I'll get one of these little like speedster cars and it'll have the stick and I'll put all the lights in it. And <laughs> won't be able to leave the neighborhood in it, but. <laughs> say no thanks not in this area hell no i would not want that in the least sometimes your taste change after a while <laughs> yeah yeah from high school to now i would hope so yeah i think in my in my time in in our halifax county i mean mustangs camaros definitely were were up there um some people had firebirds like with the t-tops they 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 were pretty cool acting in those um but yeah i mean like i people just were all about their it i went to school you know with a bunch of rednecks and gearheads when i don't really consider myself either of those things so literally at lunch tables people be sitting around looking at car part books and i'm just like what is what is up with these people like why why are you looking at car parts at the lunch table and uh, but it was all Ford and Chevy. I'll, I'll say that there were there was no Mercedes or BMWs. I think there was like one mom who drove a Jaguar, and all the moms hated it. So, um, you know, for lots of reasons. Anyway, <laughs> uh, one more for y'all, and then we can wrap this up. What do you think? I've got this pulled up and I, we can, we can do it. What do you think was the price of gas? What do you remember the price of gas being roughly when you got your license? So give me the month and the year and I can tell you how close you are to it. May, 2002, 89 cents. Are you doing you? state specific? Yeah. You should no, just... just national average. Okay. So the California guys are going to pull up the average a little bit, but. Close enough for government work. Um, so May of O two, you're looking at a dollar forty three. Naturally, no. it was eighty nine cents. Trust me, it was underneath the dollar. <laughs> I'm just telling you, maybe, maybe, maybe for, for you short kids per- around the for a short period in a in a redneck area in Maryland, it was eighty nine cents. That's true. Our parents didn't live. We could afford to. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll spin it. We could afford to live out in the country. <laughs> uh, let's see. August of 1998. I'd say I think I remember being close to a dollar, if not sometimes hovered actually under a dollar. 
When was what was but, the time, uh, Morgan? August nineteen ninety eight. Ninety eight. I think it was about a dollar, if not around a dollar, probably. Dollar six. Yeah. Look at that. Sounds Morgan's right got that. a good memory. I remember because I had to get my allowance. I could fill up pretty good tank, a full tank of gas, and yep. and um, and have some money left over for food. Yep. Those days are gone. And that was Logan? for twenty dollar. And that was for twenty dollar bill. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so you were good for two weeks on that. That just tells you how that just makes you want to cry when you went twenty dollars filled up a damn gas tank. Seventeen bucks for gas, and then you could get three things off the dollar menu at the dollar. Or a pack of cigarettes, depending on what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, see? Yeah. yeah, see, Morgan, back then, they didn't have all these taxes, did they, Morgan? You get, you get a pack of cigarettes for $2. <laughs> Shit, damn right, man. And you went to the place that didn't card you, too. You get your gas there and your cigarettes. And they were happy to sell them. <laughs> yeah. All right, Logan. March of 2010. What do you think it was? I want to say it's a, it was between I'm going to say 227 sure, I think 282 282 closer, it's damn near close to $3 I remember that. Yeah, see yeah. I'm telling you like I paid I paid out the Wahoo for fucking gas and I had a V8 gas guzzling 13 miles to the gallon 15 miles to the gallon truck with two tank tanks that had to be filled up. What was the tank? What was the full full load? Whatever the standard truck tank is, I don't know. It's gotta be like thirty-five 20, gallons, right? Thirty-five, 40. something like that. At, at minimum, twenty gallons. Because I had the the little switch where you, it had two tanks, so I had a one tank and a reserve tank. So, I, like when I would get low on one, I just flip the switch as I was all driving, right. and then the, I'd watch the needle go all the way over to full. All right, yep. Dom. It's like some NASCAR shit. <laughs> yeah. Fast, that's more like some Fast and the Furious shit. True. That's how the. That's how the full size trucks used to be. That was that mm-hmm. was like a thing. Um, they wouldn't do it now because it pulls down fuel mileage. But January of '02, looking at about a dollar fourteen. So me and Morgan were pretty close on in terms of cost. Well, I miss those days. Oh, well, I'm experiencing just a little bit more expensive than those days right now. Two eighty two. That's ridiculous. <clears throat> So Dustin, you're a couple of years younger than me, and you were somehow driving four months before I was legally. <laughs> January go to. Uh, <laughs> oh man! But there you go. A little reminiscing down high school, somewhat post high school memory lane. <laughs> Uh, that was a fun conversation that's that's it's always interesting to hear what people drove in high school because everybody's got funny stories unless you were the asshole in high school who had a brand new uh chevy 2500 that was lifted from your daddy's money <laughs> but <laughs> either way be sure to give us five stars and a great review uh on apple podcast spotify uh amazon and stitcher click the description there's a link that says click here to leave us a voicemail takes you to the landing page click record say what you want to say Send it to us. We'd love to hear from you. Might play it on the show. Uh, check out the website, miserable-reckless.com for blog content and merch. And uh, you know what? This this episode of Miserable and Reckless. Uh, you know, this is actually a good time for the voicemail. Leave us a voicemail with what your first ride was. 
We'd love to hear that. Uh, so you can find that in the description across any of the platforms. Uh, for this episode of Miserable and Reckless, I'm Logan Tinder with Morgan, Dustin, and Ryan. See you next time.